Hi there, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Pivotal Conversations. This week, we talked to John Ravenscraft and Nick Kuhn, cloud engineers at Kroger, and hearing just what their key takeaways are from the CF Summit that happened in Philadelphia a couple weeks ago. Now, you're going to hear a dizzying array of technologies and projects and efforts that are all underneath the Cloud Foundry umbrella, Um, and so it may seem a bit overwhelming at at points where we don't get to dive into each one of these in great detail, but that's sort of the nature of Cloud Foundry. We also had to redact a portion of the recording because some of the insights that John and Nick found from the event involved another user, uh, and so we didn't want to share out their story without their permission. These are some of the things that are great findings at events like CF Summit or Spring One Platform, where the hallway track is certainly a source of valuable information. We're here at Cloud Foundry Summit 2019 in Philadelphia, and I've got with me John Ravenscraft and Nick Kuhn from Kroger. Uh, So um, what are some of your key takeaways and learnings from the summit this year? Uh, Hi, Nick. So this is part of the the biggest takeaway, I think, is um, the kind of the ongoing kind of merger of Kubernetes and Cloud Foundry, and that's kind of... I think we're starting to see a trend where Kubernetes isn't so um, so hyped as much, and it's been kind of becoming mainstream. And lots of good progress with uh, Project Irene, and uh, you know, just everyone's kind of moving on with our lives, and we can continue to do what we do without constantly focusing on that. Um, some great uh, stuff I saw around the. Uh, ISM project where we're brokering runtimes between Cloud Foundry and Kubernetes at the same time across multiple clouds. So that was a pretty good um, session I saw today, which I think could be uh, very useful in the future. Mm-hmm. And then also good um, some, uh, another great session on Knative this morning uh, with uh, the two Brian's, Brian McLean and uh, I think Brian Friedman. Friedman, yeah. And a uh, uh, funny story that. Uh, Brian McLean's cousin works with us pretty closely at Kroger on the digital team, so uh, some uh, small world type connections there. Uh, but yeah, I think that's kind of the big takeaway is uh, there's another session I, I didn't get to make it to, but the uh, cube your enthusiasm or kind of yeah, a good title there. Yeah, Paul Sarzowski is a punny guy, yeah. so uh-huh. you can always look forward to the replays. Yeah, uh-huh. always respect those. Yeah. Yeah. So how about you, John? Yeah. Um, I think one of the most exciting things that I saw out of this conference was the the forward progress on the cloud native build packs, and I think um, the ability to help our developing team uh, adopt a pattern that's that's more friendly than like managing and curating your own Docker image libraries is a is an awesome step, and it brings a lot of that build pack goodness that, that comes from Cloud Foundry that may not have been fully adopted in the past to a much more accessible layer, and it also uh, it, it encourages and creates that environment even on your local workstation before you deploy it to your whatever cloud provider you're going to. And that is, it's really exciting from uh, my perspective. And then they called out the ISM and also like the uh, multiple, multiple foundation management through Apps Manager is a really big deal for us. Um, and also the um, replication of especially like the MySQL services across foundations is a big deal. Yeah, and then I think too as we continue to talk to some of our peers where we're continuing to see record growth and we see other companies similar size also see growth and we're kind of sharing the same pains 
and being able to talk to them and be like, hey, did, you know, did you run into this or that type of thing? Like, oh yeah, I saw that and you know, similar experience that we could share. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the nice things I think about this conference and the way it's evolved is you, there's a lot of end users talking and a lot of them are running at pretty significant scale. Others are sort of more starting out. So, you know, they're, um, they're operating kind of Cloud Foundry and Anger and have kind of, you know, they're dealing with it in the real world where there's compliance and uh, security and, you know, a bunch of layers that uh, a tech startup maybe doesn't have to deal with. So, you know, them adopting a technology doesn't necessarily provide insight into how to navigate those things. Um, which kind of brings me to a kind of a question on like the process side. There's a lot of interesting kind of learnings about how folks have, uh, you know, ad- adapted the way that they're working. Anything that kind of jumped out at you from some of the different end users that were speaking? Uh, I think um, I find it funny because we all kind of a lot, saw a lot of similarities of how kind of it evolved there where, you know, you kind of start out with a few foundations and then maybe kind of get overcrowded and you start kind of chunking that up and how you uh, like segment workload and, and kind of achieve like PCI or, or HIPAA type compliance. Um, I think we all kind of went down similar paths. Um, and then too, then you get to talk to some of the other customers like, you know, we're all kind of struggling with the same problems and, and figuring it out. I think there's been a lot of good um, work and automation to help kind of make the process go faster and like reduce toil on everyone and uh, we've definitely seen that in, in you know upgrades as well uh, you know we're at least once a month we're you know repaving the world and doing that before you know without Bosch or Cloud Foundry was just it's not even you know tangible Realistic. or feasible so yep. I think just the improving the process with technology and making it the least path of resistance to the, you know do the right thing is a, a good example. In, from a, like a community and the experiential perspective too, the idea that you can make the right thing and the safe thing the best and easy thing is a, an awesome improvement from a process perspective because when you're giving people that, that springboard into a production environment that's stable and it's secure and it's uh, relatively self-healing and it, and it provides all those the tools to just dynamically provision, scale up, down, whatever you need during your, your high demand usage or low demand usage, that, that empowerment for, for users is just fantastic. What are you, um, you know, what, are, what can you share about what that's done with Inside Kroger in terms of that type of an, uh, empowerment and uh, the velocity that you're seeing? Yeah, so I, mean, I think from our growth perspective, I mean, we're probably like close to five years in this journey now, um, four or five. My son's four and a half, so yeah, that's <laughs> close enough. Yeah. Uh, um, and, you know, we, we kind of started off, you know, small, and then, we, you know, we moved. Uh, like the first real application was our store locator app. It's like where you go to, like, find a Kroger store or a Ralph's or our different banners. And that worked well, and then it's like, okay, we kind of, we kind of, like, kind of jumped through all the security hurdles to get that done. Like, we built a framework of, you know, getting all, the, you know, all the teams lined up to to make that happen. And as soon as that kind of, we kind of like opened for business, it was just, you know, slow but steady, 
uptick, and then you kind of get the hockey stick approach. But yep. I think we're more just in like a we're still in like, you know rocket ship mode. We're just the line just keeps going up and up and yep. up, and uh, which is a great problem to have. But you know that, that brings new challenges of. All right. Well, maybe we need to kind of swing this 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 group to their own set of foundations because you know they're getting pretty big, and you know we've got to kind of start chunking up things a little bit more that we just never problems we never envisioned we'd have. You know, four or five years ago. But great problems to have. Yeah. Well, to circle back to some of the things that that jumped out at you, for example, like um, you know the K Native. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's interesting to you. Can you tell me a little bit about why? Well, I think um, in the demo today, uh, it was like a basic Go app or, or some app, and you know, there's all this boilerplate code, and then but really, there's just your individual business logic was just one line, and you know, they were able to reduce that down to all right, just point to this, you know, you know, it was Project Riff where, you know you kind of pass it some variables, but then you just point it at your one line of business logic and it runs the same same mm-hmm. function as, a, you know, an app that was previously like a dozen lines of code. So I think that concept of like reducing that, you know, code that's just the same over and over again and just, just going, you know, like I, need just, I just really just need to run this one line or this two lines to uh, like a function or an event. That, I think that's really going to be huge. I think today even we have a, a lot of customers kind of do that today with, with like full full blown applications in Cloud Foundry and just being able to say hey like you don't need to you know if you just are running kind of more like a function type service you can you know chunk these apps down into you know just functions that spin up when they need to spin down and we can save a lot of resources that way as well. Right, that's especially more important as you go through like a per clock tick consumption model from the cloud providers. Right. Like every penny counts. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, let's see, the the MySQL replication, for example. Yeah. What, you know, what was interesting uh, about that? So as a, as a company, we made some very strategic and um, kind of limiting decisions when we first implemented Cloud Foundry in our environment. And one of those things was for highly available services to be truly highly available, that means you have to scale past a single foundation. So all the data tiles that are currently available um, up to basically very recently did not have like a cross-foundation approach where I can have the same apps bound to the same kind of services or a service that's in lockstep with a different foundation in a safe way that when we did like platform upgrades during the middle of the business day, we would not impact customers or lose data or have a management note. So when you have a, a business model like ours where your customers want to engage at any day, any time of day or night, uh, and we want to give them the opportunity to do whatever they need, whenever they need it, and however method they want to do it in. Um, all those things don't lead to like business windows of like patching cycles. So if you if you can't tolerate an in place upgrade and rolling update and paid and everything else, uh, that just became very painful. Um, so we, we see like that door opening to now where like a MySQL tile installation that can provide MySQL servers from our customer perspective. It takes that that out of the hands of our data services team from having to manage and operate and just acquire resources to do it when we already have the platform um, infrastructure to run it on. So it's a, it opens a lot of doors of opportunity there. Yeah, I mean, and that sort of speaks to kind of the 
the approach that you're taking with your internal customers, right? Your developers who like, you know, thinking about their experience and just how to continue to make their experience that much better and the growth the growth we've seen just from like the PaaS layer has been literally like they called it the hockey stick, that exponential growth. Um, again, as soon as you make the right thing, the easy thing, like people love it and it just like takes off like a rocket ship. And I expect the same sort of thing. And we've already had conversations around, you know, caching and other uh, data, data layer services that aren't readily uh, consumable at the same scale that the pivotal applications are. And being able to mirror those two together and just it's going to be a, a real good launch pad for us going forward. Yeah, I think uh, take that in, in combination with the work that's to be done with the ISM project. Yeah. could really kind of kind of complete the uh, circle, so to speak on most of our services that aren't on platform now um, and really help deliver value on the, on the kind of where there's a lot of pain today right now with some of the other more traditional assets. Call it toil. Now. Yeah, toil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pain, toil. Yeah. I always got to work down that toil. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so what's uh, on the short list when you know, you're going to go home today or tomorrow. Uh, you know, what's what's going to be different about next week? I kind of referred to the build pack thing earlier. I'm going to, like, go back and get the, the pack alpha code downloaded right away and start getting that exposed in our developer community because, like I said, that's going to be a significant change. And I'm, the, one of the things I love about our relationship with Pivotal and this, the whole ecosystem here at the Summit is the ability to provide feedback that actually makes a difference and it improves lives not only for us as customers but other customers as well because Nick pointed out before regardless of your your vertical of business at scale almost everybody sees the same kind of problems the same kind of challenges so when we can unify that voice and identify the things that we do share as priorities it helps make the whole community uh, better so I'm excited about that especially I think to um, digging more into PKS and native or PFS will probably be very interesting in the short term. Um, it's just being able to expose uh, some of these new features will be uh, could be huge. So, uh, and then also right now I'm like I'm currently deploying PCF on Azure, so I want, I want to finish that up. But hopefully I'll have that done by tomorrow. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, it sounds like you've got a uh, an action pack <laughs> ahead. Uh, any any kind of final thoughts, parting thoughts? That was at the Reading Market in Philly. Just oh yeah, amazing. It's, a, yeah, it's yeah. a national treasure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're ever in Philly, you need to check it out because that's you go in there and it's just uh, full of delicious shops of awesome food and it's uh, kind of mind blowing. It's a gem. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I mean, and that's. You know, for folks uh, in our audience who weren't at the conference, the conference center is right across the street from it. So lots of folks have been kind of sneaking over there for, uh, you know, especially those donuts. Yes. Um, But beware. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I could see, you know, if you if you were working downtown, like you could you could have a different lunch every day for, you know, uh, many, many weeks before you got bored of that place. Definitely. Um, So, well, thank you so much for joining the Pivotal Conversations podcast and uh, have a a great time with the rest of the conference and, and, and beyond. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you.